listening to the Rugby Coaches Corner podcast with your host, Andy Plymer. Bringing you up-to-date coaching concepts from the world of rugby. Sharing ideas to make the game better. Alright, welcome to episode number 55 of the Rugby Coaches Corner podcast. I'm your host Andy Plymer and joining me today is Barry Maddox. Barry is the skills coach at the Welsh Pro 14 club, the Dragons, and I recently met him there on a professional development trip. Previously, he worked at Bath, where he was responsible for the management of senior academy players as they transitioned into the senior squad, as well as supporting senior coaches with their technical and tactical delivery. He was also the former head coach of the England women's sevens team, and it's a pleasure to have him on the show. So welcome, Barry. Uh, thanks for your time. I'm brilliant. I'm uh, excited to be involved. It's yeah, great. no, it's great. It's great having you on. And, um, you know, I was just there a couple of weeks ago, so it's really, really good to reconnect and um, have a have a chat. So thanks again. Yeah, no problem. Cool. Okay. So what's a bit of a backstory of your, your playing and then uh, some of those first coaching experiences that you had? Yeah, no, it's um, sort of playing-wise, um, it's sort of I never really um, got to the top end of the professional game as such, but, uh, you know, played uh, at a decent level, which was the, uh, the amateur side at them days where we had, uh, obviously, back in Wales, um, the sort of the clubs were the were the main drivers at that point, you know, the likes of Cardiff, Ponapreeth, Kanehi. So uh, I was fortunate enough to... Be involved with Dunvant and and their rise, I suppose, uh, up the divisions, uh, early doors uh, of of that sort of era, um, and then I, I played most of my career then uh, at Aberavon, which is obviously uh, you know a great club. Um, I stayed there for probably about seven years then, and obviously with the advent of full on professionalism, uh, I stayed as a semi pro and and. In that sort of uh, period, I was sort of fortunate enough, even at a young age, to to do take up my coaching uh, badges and um, uh, take on a role with the Welsh Rugby Union as a, a devo- development officer in uh, 2000. Um, uh, so my my sort of first early experiences really was um, in a uh, in a little place called uh, Newcastle Emlyn, which is um, real West Wales. Um, mm-hmm nestled away there, um, about sort of uh, 20, 30 minutes from Kamalin, really. And um, my role, uh, I'm a remit at the time, was to uh, establish uh, a sort of uh, junior section for the for the sort of senior club. And utilising then, obviously, the, the local primary schools and looking after them and, and uh, secondary uh, schools in that area. Um, and I was there for just over 12 months, but we managed in a short period of time with a lot of uh, help and work from from people within the area, and in particular uh, a chap called Chris Jones, who was actually coaching Wales uh, 16 schools at the time um, as a secretary of the club, um, to get a, a pathway up and running from under eight straight the way through to, to youth rugby there, um, with, as I say, some, some great help from volunteers there. Um, and and in essence, you know, it's great experiences where, you know, that that club has then gone on to produce players like uh, Scott Williams, Josh Turnbull, Gareth Davis have come out from there. You know, also that of uh, local people in a, a very small community. So it's hats off to them 
uh, really that got involved in the project early doors. And then really from there, Andrews, um, I sort of moved to, to Swansea then for six years. So initially it was uh, looking after the same sort of idea really with the Welsh Rugby Union at that time was looking after the, the primary schools, secondary schools, uh, the district sort of elite stuff um, in the Swansea area at that time because obviously Swansea was still uh, one of the, the top sides and then after about 12 months the the invention of the regional game came in and, and then I sort of worked under the Ospreys arm then really um, with um, sort of Swansea Council and, a, and, a, and which I for me, my first experience of a, of a, of a good coach in, a, in in John Schroffer there, who had coached Wales at the time, and he was uh, my line manager. Such so shows a, a good influence to have uh, at a young age, really. Yeah, that's great. Right from the grassroots up, by the sound of it. So that's that's important too, not just going straight from playing into you know the the elite arena. Do you think uh, yeah. that kind of sets you up to to kind of be a bit more complete as a coach? So the remit, I worked with with children as young as um, seven years of age, really, um, right the way up uh, to uh, eighteen, uh, and all with different. So from you know all the different abilities, obviously, um, and obviously from the community game, uh, you know the enjoyment, the fun, um, the game sort of side of things, early doors, really to to uh, ignite some sort of inspiration for some children within the programs uh, and the schools and then obviously hopefully support the clubs then within that uh, within that area but it was definitely something that helped me for sure to to be able to adapt as a coach um you know working with an eight uh, a, a, an eight-year-old age group at one point and then you're working with 16 17 year olds in the next set of uh, session you know one hour later it was brilliant again okay, like i said in the intro you're now the the skills coach at the dragons What's what's the role of the skills coach in your opinion, and 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 how does that differ from you know say being an assistant coach like a forwards coach or a backs coach? You know, it's a really good question. Really, um, you know, what is the difference? People, you know, kind of look at it and think, oh well, you've got a backs coach, they probably do a lot of that stuff, or and of course they do support. Um, so the backs coach and myself supports me obviously to deliver um, the skills element. Um, the sort of main thing really is the driver of the individual, um, whereas maybe a uh, you know a backs coach tends to look at maybe some more of the attacking structure potentially. Um, we'll look at sort of uh, the first phase moves, for example, uh, strengths and weaknesses of opposition. Um, so tactically getting things ready for for a game. Um, where mine is very much based on on the individual themselves. So. A real um, sort of I look at five kind of areas really, um, which obviously I need support to help and deliver that. But it's sort of the the, the technical aspect of a player, um, the development then of the tactical awareness, making sure they get the the physical development through the SNC programs that are provided. Um, obviously the psychological element, and then for me is is the person development i think that that's a key one for me um so the development of of the individuals so i oversee really the the one-to-ones with the players um and their reviews with certain coaches um and making sure that there's a plan in place for them to look at um obviously their their strengths uh, and areas that they want to develop uh, and they're very much part of that process as well which is key um, to getting that moving forward. How do you target those areas for the players to work on? 
and you know there's also at the same time there's got to be a balance between those core skills that every rugby player needs but also the the position specific skills depending on, on where they are in the field yeah i th- I, th- I think that um the, f- the first thing is obviously um, you have dialogue with the player. The players are, 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 are you know, nowadays have a very good awareness um, as they come through a system. Um, it, it sort of worked on in a, at a very young age nowadays, um, obviously to help them when they get to the, the next stage along the line. But I do believe that um, it's it's important for them to be involved in that process initially uh, and all the way through. Um, but then obviously you're going to have um, the coaches that, that are the forwards coach, for example, uh, will have an opinion. Um, and then it's it's a collective sort of conference, if you like, uh, with the player. Um, and one thing for sure that um, players, are, I, I do tend to feel that they can, if you ask them, you know, what are their strengths or what are they very good at? They they, they struggle sometimes. Some mm-hmm. players obviously can give it to you. Yeah, I'm confident in this area because they have a, a really good awareness of themselves. Um, but people tend to focus on, well, I'm not very good at this or I'm not very good at that. Um, so the importance also is what gets them in the team, for example, mm-hmm. uh, if they have really good footwork. But that is part of their development plan, that it's enhancing the tools that will get them selected so rather than just focus on um, the sort of work-ons all the time, we're really focusing on on the positives of their game. So uh, that there for sure uh, is is important for from my perspective anyway. Yeah. So and, and yeah. about the position-specific stuff, where how do you how do you go about that? Yeah, I think I think with that, it it's um, position-specific is important. So for example, if you're a, a you know sort of uh, a forward, you you're gonna have your set piece play, for example. So that that is important, of course, um, position-specific. But um, for me, um, it, you know, if you're looking at a back as well, and you talk about catching and passing, but I think it's 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 obviously a lot a lot more than that for me um, nowadays. So we try to give them. A much more rounded sort of um, skill-based set, if that makes any sense, um, in relation to um, they're able to have groundwork as a back, for example. Um, they're able to um, manoeuvre and manipulate uh, space, for example. So I think there's a lot more, for me, skills has kind of um, moved forward into things like deception, um, making good decisions, anticipation, uh, the feel around the game, and what I think that when we talk about catch pass, for example, uh, that's probably a little bit more now for me is is more of a technical sort of side of things. You know, the technical area. Yeah, right. So it's it's more kind of some of those ones that you they're key to the game, and you know you need to highlight those for the players to realise, wow, that's really important. Me doing that compared to when I don't do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if if we if we think about technique being, you know, you're catching, you're passing, you're offloading, and 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 you refine that type of thing, um, then the next part for me is, you know, what does it look like in the game? So you still have to, there are so many decisions to make within the game. So then it's about, you know, making good decisions. So yeah, we can catch a pass, but it still is, you know, was the catch a pass? Did you pass the right time, for example? So there's a decision element around everything. So that I think that is really important within that sort of uh, 
sort of position-specific stuff and, and, and as individuals as well to develop, you know, as a skill, really. Yeah, okay. And probably probably the million-dollar question here, and um, it's, a, it's a difficult one and maybe the answer's not there, but how do you, how do you assess the player's learning? How do, you, how do you look at it, you know, as you look through an individual player throughout the course of the season? How, how do you go about tracking um, where they, how they're progressing in, in certain areas of the game? Again, it's a you know it's a brilliant question, really. Is um, and I think a lot of it is um, probably subjective, uh, mm-hmm. to be to be honest, mm-hmm. um, because uh, you know every coach has a slightly different opinion on on how well a player's developed or not developed, if that makes any sense. And then, um, so how would we? Uh, there's a couple of things that are there are certain core tests you can do in specific areas. Um, for certain things like catch and pass, for example, and the distance that you pass and things like that. Um, but again, you know, there are a lot of uh, influencing factors. You know, do, uh, do you do the test on on the, on the same sort of surface? Um, you know, is the same climate conditions almost? So there's a lot of anomalies sometimes when you when you do sort of test. But uh, the big things for me probably are things with how you sit with a player, you question your player, you you just get to know a little bit more about them, check their understanding and knowledge in in that particular area, how they feed, how they feel that they they're going as well, you know how they um, how they think they're developing. So I think that's important. Potentially some uh, player feedback, possibly. Uh, other coaches observation because sometimes you may because you work with a specific player uh, quite often sometimes it's another coach from a different diff, with a different eye which will say wow I've really seen in his you know his tackling improved for example uh, and then you go oh yeah well all right okay and then you you start to um, look at it a little bit more in detail if you like with that um, stats is another way sometimes you know but again it's um Stats, obviously, you've got to you got to take again into consideration. You know, um, the things like the decision and everything else, which is around the game, obviously. But it, it is very subjective. Um, I, that's what my belief says, anyways. You know, so it can yeah. be quite tough sometimes. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's tricky, and often it's just like it sounds a bit uh, a bit fluffy, but often it's just a, a bit of a feel. It's uh, you just kind of you know you spend enough time with that that individual that you you kind of just feel that, yeah, they're getting better in these certain areas, for sure. What about the individual plans you talked about? How, what do they look like and how do, they, how do the players use those? And, you know, you talk a bit about the one-on-ones and I was, I was lucky enough to sit in on a couple of those with you. Um, how, how does that go with, like, the plan and the one-on-one and then what's that look like on, on the practice field when they're trying to address those areas that have been highlighted? So I think that... Um... I think for for the players, they you know they they again they 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 predominantly feed into what that that plan is because obviously you need the you know them to be uh, sort of intrinsically motivated if you like to to be able to drive their own program, um, and I think that's key. Um, you obviously have to at sometimes point plays in the right direction and you may have to reinforce with some examples of of things that you see as a coach of course that that will be important to help them as well but the one-to-ones for me um we tend to um put together a plan for the week almost mm-hmm. for them so th- there may be something which is um which comes out of a game which is which tends to be reactional so we try 
to have as little as their as as them sort of uh, IDPs, if you like, or individual developments uh, through the weeks uh, as much as possible. So we limit them, but we may see something, and obviously we try to develop that in the coming weeks. But the the main thing is that we set a plan out, which is probably over sort of a twelve week block, mm-hmm. uh, and we tend to focus on them areas, but. Uh, we we've got a plan for for every week almost the players involved in our planning process through the week um with a with obviously an eye on what the 12 weeks looks like so we'll have a review on on what they've said initially in that first sort of meeting and then in 12 weeks we'll have another meet with them and then just assess um what they wanted to work on how they think it's gone um areas which they uh, probably didn't achieve maybe or things that they achieved on uh, and how we can help then as a group um, if they haven't achieved something, uh, maybe maybe time constraints or something else has uh, materialized in that period. Um, and then we will uh, very much look at the next phase and add in that to the next phase. But they've got a, a sort of a sort of a medium sort of plan, if you like, but then they've got the week to week work that they're leading to that sort of 12 week program really. Yeah, that's right. And I think that's really important that, you know, it's like any kind of teaching and learning. They've got to, they've got to, the student or the athlete have got to realize that what they're doing is actually going somewhere. So, mm. so having that initial meeting, then the, the one-on-ones and then the, the 12 week meeting, um, that actually, you know, rounds it, rounds it off nicely and then you can progress from there. Yes, definitely. And, and as you say, I mean, the, the, the athlete themselves, um, can see an end goal. It's not an end goal per se, because it's obviously you know it's it's the twelve week, but they can see something where they're working towards. They they know there's something there, uh, and it just gives them that little bit of a focus um, rather than trying to do five or six different things. And again, um, we focus on strengths again as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know to go back to what gets what gets them in the team. So that is. So my role, as I feel, is when selection is made, um, that the coaches make it on their strengths, obviously. So we try to reinforce that on the on the one to ones, really, that that they focus on them areas just as much as the developmental areas, if you like. All right. What what's a what's a week look like for you at the Dragons if it's just a, if it's a regular season and you've got a you know Saturday to Saturday kind of uh, cycle? How how's that play out for you in terms of coaching and meetings and yeah i think uh, obviously uh, you know i'm sort of integral to to the the sort of backs coach or forwards coach um the head coach um at the dragons and then obviously i sit with them on the defense coach as well just to see um what the week looks like where i can get additional blocks in um and i think that um to be fair um, i'm fortunate to get the Monday is given to me from a, an IDP development day, so it's 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 great really uh, that we start the week off um, really focused on the guys. Um, they've responded well to that because they feel it's just not uh, down on a sheet of paper. We're actually allowing the time uh, every week to help them get better. Right. Um, so everyone is dedicated to myself as such, um, and in within that it, it'll be. Um, like I said at the start, we'll we'll use um, the warm-ups, for example, um, even on Monday and through the week. Um, I'll get to plan them. Uh, and what I try to do with them 
is is maximize the time to refine the techniques on some things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not probably uh, we're not focused on an outcome per se. Um, we're really just focused on a if just a simple where the hands are on the catch, and we'll, and we'll just work on that. And they're very small little carousel stuff where we where we'll move around different coaches, uh, and each coach will deliver something completely different. Um, and as I said, you, you know, things like refining the technique and maximizing the time. So we lose that as a bit of a warm up on the, on, on the Monday and through the week. So I'll plan that, uh, through the week. Um, sometimes we will look at, um, things which we will need for the game. So just refining the technique of, for example, we've got to present the ball because they've got a lot of people who come in and steal the ball. So we'll just keep that emphasis, keep it at the forefront of their mind through the week, really. Um, so it has uh, a purpose rather than just doing a, a practice and uh, and they know that. Um, and from there, um, it'll be the IDPs bit on the Monday. So we'll we'll get them into little groups and, and certain aspects of what players need to develop. And then we'll play a lot of um, game-biased um, games in order one to really check out the skill then because obviously there's lots of decisions to be made um, while working on certain elements so we'll put sort of constraints within the games so I'll plan the games out to have we have certain constraints in for example um, you know we we'll look at placement of the ball for example or, or, or this time we'll just pop up off the floor for example so we just change the emphasis on the skills really within games um, and then for the rest of the week then really as i said as you know coordinate up the the warm-ups and then the idp blocks at the end of sessions every um uh, every day so on them i would tend to um allow the players to uh, on sort of a majority of the of the sessions at the back end of the, of the day to lead them because again i think that's important that they take the ownership and the responsibility of their own program uh, and we are just there just for support. So a player can come to me and say, oh, can you help me uh, with this aspect? Like, yeah, fine, no problem. Um, and, and then they will look at the things that they want to work on. And I think that's important as well. So it's not always coordinated by the coach because you want to have uh, self-reliant athletes, basically. Um, you know, that if I'm, if I'm not there, then they get on with it anyway. So... Um, that's how the week looks like and um, we've added in now with players obviously who have been injured we we you know as a skills block we put that program in for them as well um, in between um, rather than just being in rehab rehab all the time uh, if they're out for six months we will add a skill element to their program oh, that's to to change their focus because obviously if somebody's on a a long-term injury like nine months of an ACL, well, it's, it's a tough nine months if you're if you're just in rehab or in the gym, uh, 24/7. So we 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 try to, uh, you know, the the um, provision there is to to sort of fast track them to keep them stimulated in a different way uh, as well as on the field and off the field as well. That's the other thing I needed to add is whether that's video work, watching opposition, you know. So we, we're including them all the time, really. All right, and. You know, in the intro, I mentioned you you spent a, a, a bit of time at Bath. What what were some of the what were some of the highlights and learnings that you took away from, from your role there, uh, at that rugby club? For me, I think I was really fortunate to work with um, 
some world class coaches. I would say that they are, um, who've got um, a lot of experience um, in relation to the the 15s game. So when I first went in, you know, we had the likes of obviously Mike Ford, who's extremely uh, experienced, Toby Booth, who uh, you know what London Irish before coming to Bath, Darren Edwards. Um, sort of looking at that skills element and then obviously Neil Hartley knows going on to coach the England forward stuff so initially the the opportunity to work with with these guys um, was great um, what did I pick up from them uh, as a group just the, the the speed that they picked things up within the session um, just seeing something and then they would ask me did, did you see that and and I would go early doors would be uh, no, <laughs> um, but there it was, you know, it was the speed and the tempo of the, of the sessions as well with the players that we, that we had there. For them to be able to pick some things out uh, that enhanced me for sure. Where you know you have a little eye for seeing something where uh, it's happened so quickly. So that was definitely something. Um, the sort of um, the real need um, to refine what you look for and what you can influence because the turnaround was so quick week to week it's what will have the biggest effect obviously leading into to the to the next game yeah. and then what, what what you kind of work on in that week um rather than try to do a hundred different things um you know really specific on right these are the two or three things leading into this week that will make the biggest difference and then of course um the IDP development, obviously, I was part and parcel with Darren Edwards at the time to uh, to support him um, and Neil Hatley, at, uh, uh, in fairness, uh, to look after the the sort of non-playing group, and that gave me a great experience there as well. So the guys to accelerate their development uh, as as we sort of taken to the Dragons in essence um, to help their development, push players through. Um, you know that much quicker. So th- that was, you know, from that aspect of of them particular coaches, and then in the last couple of years, obviously, um, Todd Blacker came in uh, with Tabby Matson, um, and and that was really fascinating because I always, you know, I always wondered, and you know, we all know and, and think, what well, you know, what's the magic formula really within New Zealand rugby and everything else, and and that was a, a, another great learning for me, and the, and the biggest things I probably took out with the both actually was the simplicity of the game, um, which which kind of surprised me a little bit, uh, and the core basic skills that that um, under pressure. That are that are worked on every day of the week, um, and a bit of a reinforcement really of of the utilization of games. Uh, you know, particularly with Tabai, he was uh, he was into uh, the sort of constraint based theory, which I you know probably did a lot with with the England seven stuff uh, under Rich Shuttleworth, which was great. Obviously, you know, through through the sevens, obviously um, Rich came involved with Kevin Bowen at the time when I was at that England sevens. Yeah. And um, really opened my mind, in fairness, sort of games and constraints could have uh, on a player's development. So rather than just, in essence, think about the technique of something um, and then sort of, uh, you know, the sort of biomechanical sort of side of things, ultimately to get skill development, you sort of need to do something which, which, which brings them all together almost. So the technique 
biomechanically, psychological elements, really, uh, emotional behaviors. And, and how do you do that? Well, you sort of do things which are uh, very close to the game. Um, so through some constraint-based sort of stuff. So that was brilliant, really. And obviously Tabai was uh, along that lines as well. So it was great, really. Yeah, yeah. I love what uh, Rick Shuttleworth's doing right now. He's, he's very active on Twitter and he's, he's putting out some some fantastic stuff. So definitely listeners should should follow him if they, they don't already. And, you know, just some of the stuff he's like talking about is really, you know, backed up in, in, in what you're saying here is that, you know, we tend to get far too obsessed on the, the minute details of the technical aspects of the skill where actually it's it's got to be done within the context of actually playing the game of rugby. Like any, anyone can do a really good stationary pass, but can you do it with multiple defenders and support players around you? And I don't think... I think we need the more athletes or more rugby players get to do that, the better. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think... I definitely see, uh, without shadow of doubt, and I know again, it, you know, can be uh, not necessarily subjective, but it is subjective. When you when I watch the Mondays and the difference from if I put uh, a video on when I first, uh, you know, sort of went into the Dragons in August, and then I watch the, boy, the boys now in games, there's a big upturn for me personally. I, I can see the, yeah. the catch in the past and the movement, the deception. Um, the sort of uh, ability to see space is better. Yeah, you know, so you just, it, it definitely, without doubt, uh, and they enjoy it, and they enjoy it. So that's the other thing as well, you know, it's uh, it's something they enjoy doing. Yeah, I always, <laughs> it always makes me laugh when you hear those, you know, the Monday experts commenting on Twitter about, you know, a team, this team turned up today or this team didn't turn up or, or the oversimplification of of rugby and that professional players and coaches should just be robots and because they're professionals, they should just do it every day. That's, it just simplifies a really complicated situation. I, I think fun, like we all started playing rugby because it's fun and whether you're coaching or playing, that that has to be at the forefront of, of your day-to-day business because if it's not, you your performance is going to be affected for sure. Yeah, um, as long as the players feel that they're, you know, um, that they're learning mm. um, and it's fun, it's mm. enjoyable, um, they will they will do it because they know they're getting better. Uh, you know, it's not um, sort of, there's an outcome almost in it um, from, from that element of enjoying yourselves, playing the game, being simplistic with it, um, rather than you know the monotonous. If I, if, you know, I was brought up in my time, it was drill based, uh, and yeah. it, it, it was like, yeah, well, you do it, but it was almost mind numbing, really. Yeah. In yeah, honesty, exactly. yeah, you do it a thousand times, you're going to get better. Well, really, are you? Like, what, what, are you going to get better? Maybe a little bit, but you're also not really going to be enjoying the process a lot either. Ah, oh, that's true, and and I think uh, you know, obviously, generations have changed as well. Well, mm. I suppose the the advantage maybe okay well we we were more drill based then i suppose uh, for sure um but when you're younger i was down the park playing with my friends nearly every day yeah. doing something completely different uh, and and i think obviously um sort of that environment has also changed so kids don't don't do as much as that sort of side of things anymore so you know 
uh, as they're going through. Uh, I think that's that's why you put that a little bit more focus on that on the game based stuff uh, with constraints. For example, if you need to with certain elements of it, um, is important going forward for me anyway personally as a skills coach. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Awesome. All right. Well, we we always end the show with the the, the same final four questions. When you were a kid growing up in Wales, who was one of the one of the players on the international scene that you you admired and really liked what they were doing? Um, this this may sound a bit bizarre, but actually it was um, the the sort of French team at the time, uh, yeah. um, and um, just their ability to play the game. And a, and a player for me was Serge Blanco, the fifteen, oh, sure. you know, the fullback. Um, it, just his ability to glide into space, um, see things, uh, see the space, uh, whether that was a kick. Uh, move himself into that space just yeah like you know just loads of time on the ball yeah, but he, he was a class player for me when I was growing up and he was somebody I thought wow I'd love, love to be able to play the game like he does you know uh, he was brilliant and, uh, that that era of French rugby was just amazing and I, I often will, will go and dig up an old French game uh, just to watch it and just to see you know what's changed or what's missing from rugby today that they were doing that really we, we should be doing way more of and uh, just their ability to take the line on and, and move a defender and look to offload and that, that converge to ball carrier. I think uh, you know some teams you, you never see that everything's been played in front of the defensive line. There's nothing actually in and behind the defence and, and that French era where they were amazing at that. Yeah, they were, they were definitely very good. Awesome. And what about now? Who's who are some of the players going around that you you like what they're doing on the international stage? Oh, again, I, I think that um, there's got, there's quite a few guys really that that you sort of uh, see play. But I do like somebody like uh, Israel Folau, for example. Just um, just his skill set, his aerial ability. Uh, again, his movement. Um, I. It just is power, obviously, but his ability then to go into any position. You can play in the wing, you can play full back, you can go to centre, and it wouldn't it wouldn't really matter. He has the the ability to go and play a, a anywhere. Um, so he'd be one. Um, I I do like the sort of um, spontaneity of Quade Cooper a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Just plays it as he sees it, yeah, and sure. um, uh, you know just just has a feel for the game. I think so. He just. Get you know if he sees a gap he goes for it you know and just you know just does it instinctively so um, so then you know they're they're sort of two that really stick out for me probably uh, southern hemisphere in essence and then uh, probably northern hemisphere guys are you know I, I sort of like um, people like George Ford I, I like because again he's he's just controlling as a as a ten and he can he sees the game and I'm fortunate enough to. To be around his presence as well, which you know the work that he puts in and, and things, uh, uh, the detail that he knows and how he knows the game, you know his understanding of the game is is, is brilliant. Um, so he he'd be another one really, and uh, for me, Reese Webb is another player at this moment in time. Is you know is a he's, he's he's sharp. He's you know distribution wise a threat around the breakdown. Yeah. Uh, you know, his, his all-round game has come on so much in the last three to four years. is is uh, unbelievable to be fair to him. Yeah, I, I agree. And it was, uh, was, you know, I'm not even a Welsh fan, but I was heartbroken when he when he was injured before the the World Cup, the last World Cup. And I think he would have made a 
uh, you know, no, no disrespect to the other players who went, but he he would have been a key player for that that last World Cup campaign for them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. What are, what about coaches? Who are some of the the high profile coaches that are that are out there that you you like what they're doing? I. I... I hear, um, you know, sort of, I've, I've never met uh, Joe Schmidt, um, but I hear um, so many good things um, about his uh, his attention to everything, really. Um, and the way that um, he adapts um, the game, um, you know, for the opposition and things. Um, he, he's almost, almost thinking of, of the next play, um, he's just got a, a fantastic mind, I think. Uh, obviously, you know, with what he does, to, you know, he's done a fantastic job for the Irish team, obviously. Um, but he would be, uh, for sure, a coach. Um, Steve Hansen for different things, I think, because um, having won all them things with New Zealand, how do you keep, you know, obviously there's an internal driver, but his own drive, um, the group's drive, Week to you know, sort of week to week, season to season. How do how do how do you keep them going? Kind of thing. What's the next challenge? And, and that always fascinates me. How do you, how do you get up for the next challenge? You won a World Cup and then you go again for another one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's 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 an amazing on a four year cycle. So I think, mm-hmm. yeah. The, so they're the they're the couple of couple of coaches. That I think you know, it's it's interesting to see um, what they're doing and how they're doing things. All right, last question then. Um, what, what about your local community? Who's, uh, who are some of the grassroots coaches who, who are doing great stuff and deserve recognition? I think um, from a Dragons perspective and um, somebody that I uh, probably met, first of all, the union, oh gosh, way back in 2000, so over 17 years ago really, with was um, a lady called Janice Chapel. She does a lot of the community work uh, at right. the Dragons. And they do a uh, under Mike Sage there as well, and and they do a fantastic job to be fair. And they bring the kids along for you know the pre-match stuff. Uh, they're out at the the square there really, um, uh, you know beforehand. Uh, even now the winter months coming in, they 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 still uh, bringing the kids in and and they play in at half time, and and it's just brilliant to see really. And they're doing a great job there. Coming back to Wales, I've only just come back in essence, uh, you know so. Um, I want to just touch base on a couple of people. I think do do some great stuff over over the bridge initially, and then and probably in England, which people like Russell Russell Earnshaw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's doing some great stuff. Um, to be fair to him, and I've, again, fortunate to work with him in the sevens way back. Um, John Fletcher's another one. To be fair, um, great energy, so amazing energy. You know, working with um, obviously England 18s and and the, the group below. Um, and then obviously, you know, sort of thinking about um, sort of Wales, um, I just think that um, I like the, you know, the Wales Sems, I like Gareth Williams, who's is sort of doing a lot, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, per se, like the community as such, but he's, he's taking on board younger players, developing them, you know, they like if you look at uh, James Davis, the you know, the development that's happened with him, even from a, a sort of, Initially, a community player wasn't really involved in regional rugby, and then he's gone to Sevens, uh, and and that program's helped and supported him. And then he's become uh, a now a regional player, and and obviously an exceptional regional player now uh, at this moment in time. Okay, well, thanks very much, Barry. I really appreciate you giving up your time to come on the show. Um, it's, it's been a great conversation. Um, 
loving what's happening at the Dragons. It's it's exciting times, and you know you guys were, were really welcoming to me when I when I spent a few days there. So um, I, I can't wait to see what the future holds for the club, and you know want to want to wish you all the best. And thanks again for for coming on the podcast. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for that. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for listening to the Rugby Coaches Corner podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review via iTunes and keep listening for the next episode. Also follow us via Twitter at RugbyCoachesCNR or via the website therugbycoachescorner.com. Until next time, keep sharing ideas to make the game better.